You're listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy listening to the podcast and connect with us online at TahlequahUMC.org. May you be blessed by the hearing and reading of Scripture and the meditation on the Word. Have a good day. Up to 75% this week and walking and trying to get more weight on it on my, on my hip here. And my hope is uh, in a couple and really another week, I will ditch the constant companions, and they will be gone, hopefully for a long time. Will you pray with me? Eternal God, we know that you are with us. You're with us in every step and every breath that we take. And, and whether we're in worship together here in person or whether we're watching from afar, you are with us. Be with us and inspire us. Love us. Care for us. Encourage us to do your will. Lord, hear our prayers. And all of God's people say, Amen. So we've been in the epistle of James for the last three weeks. This is the fourth week uh, looking at the letter of James. And I don't know about you, as I've been uh, journeying journeying through this letter uh, each week, I have found myself a little more challenged, a little more encouraged, a little more frustrated with myself and, and the way that I've been living out my faith, and, and I know I could do better. And I, and I know that's one of the beautiful things about this letter. It, it is an encouragement to a community that we do not know who James was writing to. You know, James didn't say, like Paul did, hey, church in Ephesus, hey, church in Rome. James is writing to a particular community that had particular problems in a particular time. But you know what's interesting is we're dealing with those same issues. And so there's some universal truths that, that really work out uh, as we're working through uh, the book of James. And, and I want to definitely encourage you to think uh, about ways that this letter is speaking to you. And, and not to, as you're reading through it, not to just read it straight through and blow through it, but see it as little essays attacking particular issues. And then when you do that, it opens you up to possibilities of things maybe you need to work on. And I look at it like this. I think of it like a coach. If, if you've ever been in sports, you know that a coach is there to see something that you don't see, to encourage you, to, to push you to do more, and to, die, and to run faster, and, and to dive deeper, and to hit the ball further. And, and if we listen to the coach, we can be successful. And sometimes they see things that we don't see. And, and that's when I take, when I look at Scripture, that's really what I'm looking at is, is what is the Scripture speaking to me? How can it help me grow in my faith journey? And sometimes there are things clear as day. And other times I'm wondering, wow, that was an interesting genealogy, especially as you move your way through the Old Testament and there are just chapters on chapters of genealogies. But we find wisdom in the word today. And that wisdom from the book of James encourages us to, if you remember those things I've asked you to do these last few weeks, is to be you. Be you. 
James wants you, James would encourage his people to be you, to be available, to be like Christ. Those three things, if we can be those three things, we can transform the world. But James also wants to encourage us to go, live like Christ, love like Christ, and go where Christ is calling you. And then we remember we are called to do. Do what you can with who you are. God created you for this particular time, for a particular purpose, because of you. You can help change the world for the kingdom of God. But you have to do what you can with who you are. And then, of course, we have to do that platinum rule. Do unto others as they would want done to themselves, which requires us to get to know the other and not put our expectations on that person, but get to know who they are, where they're coming from. Because when we do that, you're being like Jesus and getting to know those you're around. And then we do what the Lord requires of us, to love God and to walk humbly with him. And that big, big, big one, to love our neighbor as ourself. If we be, go, and do, we can transform the world. I really believe that. But it takes us to take that step. And sometimes when we take that step, we find ourselves uh, having to do something, and we have a choice to love or to judge. Let's hear what James has to say today. James chapter 4, verse 11 through 12. Brothers and sisters, don't say evil things about each other. Whoever insults or criticizes a brother or sister insults and criticizes the law. And if you find fault with the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge over it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, and he is able to save and to destroy. But you... Who judge your neighbor? Who are you? This is the scripture of faith for the people of faith. Thanks be to God. So, I love boxes. You know what's fun about boxes? You can do a lot of things with them. You can um, put things that you love in them. You can build forts out of them. You can, um, I see there's so many things you can do with boxes. But really the only two things I care about is putting things in it and building forts out of it. And actually, really, I like the latter. I'd rather prefer to build a fort out of them because you can have a lot of fun with those forts than you can putting things in it if, you know, you're having to move things or store things or, you know, whatever else you need to do with boxes. Sometimes boxes can be a pain. But, you know, we all have boxes those real boxes that we store stuff in and, and we use to, to move things. And, and I don't know about you, but as someone who has moved a lot in, in his life, sometimes we come across boxes we didn't even know were there, and there were things that we didn't even know that were still around, and, and maybe we uh, get excited about it like Christmas time. But then there are boxes we try to fit things into our life into. We have boxes that we try to fit things into. People, places, things. Those boxes accumulate. 
And those boxes uh, can, can be detrimental to us because sometimes we put something in the wrong box. Or sometimes we put something in a box that didn't ever need to be in a box. But let's be real, we even put God in a box, don't we? We want God to fit in this nice little box that will make us feel comfortable and safe and secure. And in reality, God doesn't want us to be in a box. But when we put God in a box, we bring everything else with us into that box. And we utilize that lens, that small image of how we see God as a litmus test for everything else. Does it fit into how I feel about God? Does it fit in? Does that person's behavior fit into how I feel about how somebody should live their life? And the real question to wrestle with is, if we were to put ourselves in our own boxes, could we even be in our own boxes? Some of us would probably say no. But what if we took James's word to his community and lean into verse 12 a little bit? The only one is the lawgiver, there's only one lawgiver and judge, and he is able to save and destroy. But you who judge your neighbor, who are you? James here is challenging us, asking us, are we trying to play God when we judge other people? Because we do. We all judge people. It doesn't matter who you are, where you are, even the Pope judges people. The question becomes, what lens are we judging him under? Are we judging him under the lens of the law and God? Because that's who James is talking about here. He's talking about God, that, that God is the judge. Are we holding him up to that God standard, how we view God? Or are we putting him underneath our box and our standard where they'll never meet the mark? Because if we say we're a follower of Jesus, we are not to judge. I have never seen where Jesus has given us authority to judge. Jesus says, leave that up to me, and I'll model the way. That's really God's job, isn't it? So let's give that to God. Like, let's give that to God. Those times that we want to judge other people, those times that we want to speak mistruths or slander, or as the scripture put it today, insults or criticizing, what if we allow God to handle that? So how do I live? Because for some of us, that's all we do. Some of us, that's who we are. We love to criticize. We love to judge. What if we asked ourselves the question, can I live up to this standard? Do I live up to that standard that I'm asking someone else to? And if we do that, it changes our box, doesn't it? It probably expands it. Because you might realize, oh no, what I'm asking that person to do, I wouldn't do. So why am I asking them to do it? And it expands our box. But that moment that we try to put God in a box and we try to use that lens to judge other people, we're, we're handicapping ourselves to not live as Jesus called us to, to love, not to judge. And that moment that we put God in a box, that moment that we start uh, putting that nice, neat, practical thing, my experience is and my faith tells me that God's going to break down that box and push you and challenge you to grow. And that our boxes should continue to grow so much so that we can encompass everyone and love and care for everyone. 
There's a quote often attributed to A.W. Tozer that goes, We often try to put God in a box. The God who fits in our boxes isn't the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. What he's saying here is, when we, put, we can't put God in a box. God cannot be contained in a box. When we try, we're missing out on a full experience of God. And just taking a small image. And then we bring that image with us. And we use that on other people. And we have that expectation for other people. But what if we take to Jesus' words in the gospel reading that Ashley read today? In Mark 9, 37, Jesus says, Whoever welcomes one of these children in my name welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me isn't actually welcoming me, but rather the one who sent me. What if we loved our neighbor unconditionally? What if we didn't try to put them in a box? What if we allowed them to be themselves? Could you imagine what that would look like? And we never know who we may be welcoming when we open that box and we allow God to work on us and through us. I believe that box will be torn down. But far too often, Christians, and and I have to admit, Christians are the worst about this. All of them. Not all of us. But you know who those people are. They feel like they've been given the authority to judge everything. You know who those people are. They hit send on Facebook without ever thinking. And they don't realize the actions that they have caused, the harm that they've caused by their words the insults that they sling, what that could mean for somebody. Could you imagine if we took the higher ground of love? That would destroy most of our boxes, wouldn't it? It would make us rethink things. It would make us look at things in a different light. It would call us and challenge us not to just be complacent with who we are, but be willing to grow our boxes and collect them. I have to tell you, the more we are willing to open our boxes and allow God to do God's work, the beautiful it becomes, that work becomes. And you've heard me say this over and over again these last few weeks, that that's for all of us. Each and every one of us have that capability to break down the boxes that we hold on to that are hurtful and harmful and allow God to break those down and us to let go of them to build new boxes that are bigger and wider and more inclusive and for love. You know, I have to admit, um, I, I will confess, I never liked soccer growing up. I, was, I wasn't a fan. My dad told me it wasn't a good sport. It wasn't a sport. Not much happens in soccer. I carried that with me for years. And then I had children who fell in love with, of all things, soccer. So that box that I had became destroyed. Trust me, it no longer exists. And I have fallen in love with soccer. I love soccer. I've studied it. I, I, I mean, I watch it. Ask, ask the girls. I probably watch it more than I do anything else on TV when it's on. 
because I've, I have taken it in. I have found love in soccer and have appreciated it as a sport. And, and one of the fun things about soccer is that you have the goalie's box or the penalty box. And in the penalty box, the, the keeper of the box is the goalkeeper. And his main task is to make sure that the ball never gets in the goal. But really, the good goalkeeper will make sure that the ball never enters into the box. Because let me tell you, as someone who's watched many soccer games over the last few years, nothing gets more intense in any sport that I've ever watched than when that ball enters in the box because you don't know where it's going to go. You know, football, they line up, you know, offense, defense. You know that it's going to be pretty easy to tell who's going to score. Even yesterday in the BYU game, when the Arizona State guy intercepted it and was running back and the BYU guy came and slapped the ball out of his hands and BYU got the ball back at a further time, you could still tell that was going to happen. But in soccer, in the penalty box, that's when you get on the edge. And that ball enters the box because you don't know where it's going to go. You don't know who it's going to go off of, and you don't know what will happen. And the goalie's job is to make sure the box get, the ball gets out of the box. And so they take that seriously. What if we did the same thing with our faith? What if we took our faith and our understanding of love soup that seriously? That we're willing to do whatever it takes to show love and to keep hate out. What if we were willing to, as we see hate, willing to bounce it out, punch it out, get it out of the box, and be willing to accept love? What would that look like for this world? It'd be different. Each one of us is a goalie in our own boxes. And we have a job to do. And that job is to share love and punch out hate. And so how do we do that? In soccer terms, that's called a clean sheet. How do we get a clean sheet? Or in Wesleyan terms, how do we move on to perfection in this life? You be love. And you don't judge. You go and love. And you don't judge. You do love. And you don't judge. Allow God to do that work. Allow God to do God's work. And you share love. Because when you do that, you have a new box. And that box should say this. And it's hard for you all to see it here in person. Those of you that online can see it a little bit better. But on that box, it should say, God loves you and so do I. And if we model that behavior, if we don't slander and we care for our neighbors, the box we carry with us, the lens we use to see the world will be one of seeing everyone as a child of God. And we welcome them in. And we say these words, God loves you and so do I. But we don't just say it. We live it because we can say it, but are we living it? And that's what matters. So work towards a clean sheet this week. Work towards it. Yes, there's going to be times where you're, you're going to mess up, but that's why we have Jesus, and everything will be all right. But continue to grow your box so that love will change the world.
And may everything you do this week be done in love. God loves you, and so do I. Thank you for listening to Tahlequah United Methodist Church's sermon podcast. We hope you have a good week, and we ask that you connect with us online at tahlequahumc.org. Thank you, and have a good day.